Hey everyone, and thanks for tuning in to this week's message. My name's Aaron, and I'm on the staff team here at Eastlake. Everything we do around here depends on the generous donations of our local and online community. People just like you, who tune into these messages and see great benefit from living that idea that life is a gift and love is the point. So if you love what Eastlake is up to, we'd encourage you to contribute by going to eastlakecc.com. With that, let's jump into this week's message. Today, we hear from Keisha Yokers as she continues our series, Winter Wonder. Please check the description for links to our quarterly Spotify playlist and guided meditation. Hello, Eastlake. My name is Keisha Yokers, and I am so beyond honored to be here with you today. Before we get started, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. So first of all, I am a native Seattleite but currently I reside outside of Los Angeles, California with my husband and two kids. I am the wife of a Naval pilot and he has served for 18 years. And if you've served or you're serving currently or you know someone who is a retired vet, you know that military retirement is 20 years and we are just rounding that corner right now. So it'll be pretty weird when we we live in one place for like ever, um, but we move around a lot. Essentially, we move every two years and I love every bit of it. It's been a lot of fun. Um, again, being from Seattle, like we do things uniquely here, I've learned. Um, I thought it was normal, but but way back when I moved to Texas and as our first duty station, I learned that people do things differently than us. And I didn't take too kindly to it at first. And I will readily admit that I struggled. Um, but, you know, thank God that I was afforded the opportunity to continue to travel and move around the country and, and even overseas and um, learn that that's okay, that there are a lot of ways to do things. So like get your knapsack and like glean everything you can from people because, you know, we're all trying to do life and raise our kids and go to work and, you know, find fulfillment and find meaning and purpose. And so um, I'm really grateful because I've learned a lot from this experience. Um, I have two kids. One is biological and one is adopted, um, which is a whole other beautiful, like miraculous story that I love. Um, and I'm a former elementary teacher. What up, Everett Public Schools? Um, <laughs> and currently I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. I'm a full-time uh, certified holistic health coach and wellness lifestyle writer. So you do the math on that. I don't know how I'm full-time doing anything. I'm full I feel like I'm full-time struggling is what I'm doing. Um, but I, I, I suspect that you understand what I'm talking about. Um, let's see what else. I think that binge watching TV is like the single greatest invention in, in modern history. I'm not even embarrassed to say that. Like I want to go watch TV now. I love it. I, I don't, I don't know if it's 2020 or it's just, it's just awesome. Um, <laughs> I let's say I think Washington is the greatest state of them all for a lot of reasons, but I'll drill it down for you real quick. We have something called drive through espresso stands and nobody else has them. Like nobody, like if you have driven cross country, you know that you can't find them because they do not exist. And it frustrates me greatly because I miss home. 
<laughs> so listen, um, I've lived everywhere and um, I, I, I do really think that there's something to be said for the expression that there is no place like home. Um, but you know, I don't want to go into a coffee shop. I want to drive, I want to drive up. So, um, thank you Eastlake for allowing me to speak into your community. Uh, let me think the first time I visited Eastlake was way back in Kirkland when you guys were in Kirkland at a middle school. Um, I've been many, many times since. And I've had friends on staff. I have, you know, tons of friends who attend. And so I've been able to sort of watch the evolution that you've gone through. And you know what? I'm here for all of it. Um, and thank God, you know, for the grace to, to evolve and ch change and grow. Um, because I personally am, you know, in my, my own evolution, if you will, and um, still going through it. And I'm really grateful for what I'm seeing you know, on this side. So um, we're going to talk about something that um, is really big to conceptualize, and that's time. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. It's like, I love that you say that life is a gift and love is the point. What a beautiful way to live. I've I, I think that works perfectly today um, because we're going to be talking about the wonder of time. I know we're in a series on wonder. Um, and as we wrap up what we can universally, I think we can universally call a hell of a year or a year of hell, depending on your vantage point. Um, I want to examine our time in it and I want to get right down to the point. And that point is love. So first of all, I think time is such an interesting concept because it's both perceived and it's experienced. Meaning, you know, we have varying perceptions of time based on who we are and we have varying experiences of time. Um, so for example, like when I say 90 seconds or six minutes or even nine months, like that's not a lot of time, you know, in the grand scheme of things, but if I put those uh, measures of time into context, um, it, you might feel a little differently. Like, so like when you do a really intense workout, let's say CrossFit or you're running sprints and like that last 90 seconds is horrible. It feels like an eternity. In fact, I was riding my bike this morning and the, the instructor was doing that, you know, that slow countdown from 10 to one where they're like, you know, you're starting to be concerned about their ability to count and their pacing. And they're like, five, four, you can do this. I believe in you. Dig deep. Spread your wings. Fly. And you're like, if you don't get to one, we're going to have a problem. <laughs> so how about six minutes? Six minutes doesn't seem very long, but if your house were on fire, it would be an actually, it would be a very long time because that can do a lot of damage. In fact, it sort of makes me think of an experience, a life experience. So some of you may remember in 2011, there was a huge earthquake in Japan. It was a 9.1 earthquake that shook the country so violently that it created tsunami waves that were measured at 133 feet high. It was the fourth largest earthquake on earth. And it moved the island of Japan uh, or the main island of Japan, Honshu. It moved it eight feet that bears repeating it moved land eight feet 
Like that's incredible. It also shifted the earth on its axis, scientists say between like four and 10 inches, six minutes can do a lot of damage. I know because I, I, I lived through that. Okay. So what about nine months? Nine months, it, well, it really depends on who you ask. Ask a woman who's struggling to conceive, going through infertility and watching her friends give birth again and again and again. Ask a woman who has experienced a pregnancy that's full of high risk where every day feels like a year. Or maybe ask a woman who is experiencing like a great pregnancy. I don't know who you are out there, somebody, and you're out there living your best life. You feel like it went by like that. It all depends, right? Again, because time is both perceived and it's experienced. So another way to look at time is that it is both, um, it is objectively measured and it's subjectively understood. So we measure time like mostly universally through years and seasons and months and weeks and days and minutes, seconds. Um, but we talk about time in a way that is totally subject to interpretation. Think about a lot of the idioms that we have in the English language. So my least favorite is time will mend a broken heart. It always bothered me because I thought, well, so like is time gonna do the work or do I have to do something here? Um, or how about this one? Parents, you'll get this. Give me a sec, just, just one minute. Give, give, give me one more minute. My um, son who's in, who's in kindergarten right now and he's learning about time, he would vivaciously argue with you that mommy does not know how to, to tell time at all because what she says is a minute is like grossly off. So what about time is money or time waits for no man? A race against time, maybe before their time. Borrowed time. Buy time, crunch time, FaceTime, my personal favorite, bedtime. Every, every kid's least favorite. There's actually a scientific way to explain this before, but before I do that, I actually wanna, um, I wanna give you a little test. So consider the statement. You didn't know you're gonna be tested, but next Wednesday's meeting has been moved forward two days. Think about that. Which day is the meeting now that it's been rescheduled? It's a bit of a trick question uh, since you can answer either Monday or Friday. I know, like I just blew your mind, right? It's kind of like the Yanni Laurel thing or is the dress blue or is it white? But answering Monday actually suggests that you are conceptualizing the meeting moving from Wednesday closer to you in the present. And that's called a time moving perspective. So for those of you who are listening on the podcast, I'm like showing you a timeline with my hands. So you are here and the meeting is here on Wednesday and you're like moving forward, you're moving it forward closer to you in the present. So the meeting is moving to you. But answering Friday, the right answer, suggests that you are conceptualizing yourself moving toward the meeting, which is now in the future. That's called an ego moving perspective. So you see the meeting is on Wednesday and you understand the change to be going forward into the future. So I'm married to someone who believes it's Monday, but he is wrong. It's Friday. 
Just kidding. Um, have you ever thought about how our emotional experience might affect our view of time? So researchers did a study on this to see how people's emotional experiences affect their perspective on time. They asked participants to recall um, either positive or negative memories, and then they went and asked them that ambiguous time question about the meeting that I just asked you. So they found that people who were asked to recall pleasant memories were more likely to take the ego-moving perspective. That's my Friday peeps. Those who recalled unpleasant memories were more likely to take that time-moving perspective. Those are my Monday people. They think that this is because people prefer to move toward positive stimuli and away from negative stimuli, which also applies to events in time. This showed that people change their perspective depending on whether they perceive an event to be positive or negative. We also experience time very differently based on wherever we are in the life cycle. So think back to high school, middle school, elementary, and winter vacation. So for me, when I was a teenage girl in the 90s, I, um, I, I dreaded winter vacation because that meant I would be parted from my social life for two whole weeks. Remember, landlines clear restrictions on when we could use said landlines and I was like only left with a pager. What was I supposed to do with that? To my mom, those weeks went by like that. Think about your wedding day. Everyone says they warn you slow down, like just take it all in. It goes so fast. And, and then, you know, it happens and you hardly remember if you even took a bite of that cake that you fought with your spouse, your future spouse, about four weeks because no self-respecting person wants lemon flavored wedding cake. Or think about time, that time you had with an infant. Parents, remember that first week of your child's life? That child had so many needs and so many demands and you were constantly sleep deprived and the night feels like it's never gonna end. And in the blink of an eye, you go from holding a child that just like barely fits in the cup of both of your hands to a child that when you pick them up, their legs are, they're, they're dangling, you know, below your waist to a kid that goes off to college or in the case of 2020 goes off to college and comes back and does it on the computer, but are you paying for the dorm or, or do they stay? It's confusing, right? The bottom line is our emotional experiences affect our view of time. Hey Eastlake, Peter here. Thanks so much for tuning in to watch this message. I wanted to do just a quick interruption to say thank you to so many of you who are making regular contributions to Eastlake. Eastlake is a nonprofit and everything that we do is because of a community of consistent and generous people who really believe in this place and want to see it continue. So uh, if you're a part of that community, thank you for how you make this place go. If you are tuning in regularly and are a part of this community, but you haven't yet um, jumped in to making a financial contribution, we would encourage you to do that and encourage you to go to eastlakecc.com to help support Eastlake as a community and continue to make these messages possible. Thanks so much for uh, letting me interrupt your message. Let's jump back in. So let me read to you my favorite scripture in Ecclesiastes about time. And you've probably heard it before, but I'm going to read it again. A time for everything. 
For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to cast away stones and a time to gather together stones. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to seek and a time to lose. A time to keep and a time to cast away. A time to tear and a time to sow. A time to keep silence and a time to speak. A time to love and a time to hate a time for war and a time for peace. <sighs> this all feels so close to home when reflecting on 2020. This, the part that sticks out to me is a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. Because you guys, I haven't hugged many people this year, my family, my kids. But think of all of the images from this year, the husbands and the wives separated by, you know, a glass window in a retirement home or a long care or long term care facility. Families unable to say goodbye to their loved ones who were dying of COVID and did so alone. Grandparents who longed to hold their grandchild for the first time and nine months later still are waiting. a time to keep silence and a time to speak. I've been surprised by people who have taken their place as bold allies for communities of color. I've been surprised by those who have committed themselves to the unlearning, the work of unlearning a system that held upheld white supremacy. Conversely, I have been crushed, if I'm being honest, by the silence of those who I've shared my life with who would rather stay comfortable than use their voice to risk any loss of privilege whatsoever. 2020 was and is a time to speak. I think we can all agree that 2020 has been very significant and its impact will last a lifetime. What shakes me the most about this year is not actually the virus or the attention to the, the systematic racial injustice in the US and abroad but it's the varying perceptions of it that shake me. That's the one thing I can't seem to get my head around. I, I don't know, like how can people that I care for believe so differently than me about something that is so literally life and death? Are they just bad people? So let me give you another example. I have a cousin whom I adore. I call her my first friend. See, I'm an only child and I've spent much of my child I spent much of my childhood alone. So I know it's really sad, right? And some of you are probably thinking, that's not so sad. I would have wanted that. Um, but I felt like my cousin was a sister. When she came around, she was a sister I never had and I really cherished her. But we're getting older now and I realize that we're sort of like the next generation of adults in our family. Our parents are getting older, our aunts, our uncles are all getting older. And suddenly it feels very important to me um, to be able to hold on to that like one person who shares my childhood stories. 
And maybe some of you feel that way or have felt that way as you have gotten older. You feel that towards your siblings and perhaps some of you don't feel that way. But I really, really want to keep her around. The problem is, is that she is a heavy smoker, like a really heavy, heavy smoker. So this is not like meant to be a trigger warning. Like I'm not trying to like call out smokers, but I'm sure we can all agree that smoking is not the most healthful thing that there is. But hear me out. I love my cousin and all I want is more time with her as much as I can get. You know, I just want to live my life with her. And my biggest fear is the loss of time. I think like my philosophy on life is like live as best as you can. Give yourself the your, your best shot by living healthful, by taking care of your body, by filling it up with good things. My cousin lost her mother to breast cancer uh, when she was young. And um, her father had a an incredible serious cancer that he miraculously recovered from. And he went on to marry a wonderful, wonderful woman who also died of breast cancer sooner than she should have. So my cousin knows that life is short and you can lose the ones you love in the blink of an eye. And, and her philosophy is that she plans to use all the time that she has to do the things that she wants to do, whatever they are and do it without fear. So her thing is like, eat the cake, take the plunge, do the thing, drink the drink. And that's fine, but I'm motivated by love and the fear of lost time. She's motivated by the reality that time isn't ours to hold and she wants to live in love freely. I'll admit that my lens sort of defaults to fear. I've always been that way. And hers defaults to a wild sense of freedom. We're not talking about, you know, who's right and who's wrong here. And we're certainly not talking about the effects of smoking on your lungs. We're, we're talking about how we see time through an emotional lens. So look at my situation and look at it without judgment. You can see that we're both motivated by essentially the same things by love and time. We love each other and we want time with those that we love the most. But we come at it from very, very different vantage points. In fact, if you were to like dig a little deeper and ask us some questions, you would know that for, you know, we come, we come to this for various reasons. For example, me, I grew up in want. She grew up in abundance. You know, we're from the same families, but our life story was a little bit different. And when I get something to this day, I am, I am instinctively afraid that I'm going to lose it. She isn't. She knows that life is fluid and that things come and go. You have no control. You can see how both ways of existing can create problems in a relationship, but it also can create some success. So now let me ask you, how much of 2020 has felt like this to you? Like, like my situation with my cousin. Have you had any conversations this year with loved ones that made you think to yourself, are you kidding me? Are you like literally speaking a different language? There is no way that you can see it, whatever it is that way. Have you unfriended anyone this year? 
Um, let's be honest. I've done it. As humans, we experience life through our senses, right? We smell and taste and see and touch and hear the, the world around us. But time is unique in that it frames our entire existence from conception to death. And yet it cannot be described by touch or taste or, or sight or sound or smell. But if anyone has ever been through a car accident, the first thing they'll tell you is about time. It'll be a comment on time. They may say that it happened in the blink of an eye, in an instant. And in that instant, they sort of lost track of their ability to sense and perceive, you know, what happened next or the pain in their body because of shock. Or maybe they felt as if time just slowed down to a stop, you know, it stopped for a moment altogether. This is because, again, time is both experienced and perceived differently from everyone. 2020, this period of time has demanded our attention like a screaming toddler. And the very least that we can do is approach the finale of this year, the final month, the last few weeks with wonder. It's been a hell of a year or a year of hell. And I'll say it again, Ecclesiastes 3 has never felt more real to me. For everything, there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. I want to walk you through an exercise really quickly before we close. And it's just a, it's a breathing exercise and I'm going to ask you some questions. I want you to breathe in one big inhale through your nose for anywhere between four to six seconds. And then I want you to pause at the top and then I want you to exhale and release through your mouth. It should be comfortable and it should also be relaxing. So sort of, you know, relax, loosen up your shoulders and get comfortable. Let's try it once. So I want you to take a breath. Ready? One, two, three, four, five. Hold and exhale. Okay, so get into a comfortable rhythm. Go ahead, get started. And I'll ask you some questions. So as we do this, please close your eyes and breathe and reflect as I ask you a few questions about where you are in the context of this year. First, 2020 and all that it has brought to your life, do you see it as happening to you or do you see yourself as charging through it? Next, whatever the thing is that you have experienced this year, do you fear it or do you actually feel freedom in it or from it? Next, can you bring your whole self to the conclusion of this year and approach it with all of your many fragmented parts? Can you bring your grief? Can you bring your sadness? Can you bring your joy, your hunger? Can you bring all of your creativity and your loss, your curiosity and your wonder to it? And finally, 
If you did, what would that look like? I cannot answer these questions for you and really there's no right or wrong answer. The objective here is self-awareness and what you do with it is entirely up to you. So today we've learned in our time that um, time is both perceived and it's experienced differently by everybody. We learned that our emotional experiences affect our actual view of time. That time is both objectively measured, but subjectively understood. We also experience time very differently based on our life cycle. And that we know that for everything, there's a season and a time for every matter under heaven. With this knowledge, can we look back at this year? Can we look back at the people we interact with, with our family, with our friends, with a little bit more grace, understanding, a little bit more gentleness, gentility, I guess? Eastlake, here's my hope for you. And I don't know about you, when, when I like receive a blessing, sometimes I like to put my hand on my heart or just open up my hands just to receive as a symbol. Do whatever's comfortable, comfortable for you. But here's my hope. My hope is that you would stay curious. My hope is that you would believe in hope again. My hope is that you would trust yourself and that you would trust your creator that you would be present for yourself at this time and that you would be ruled by love. And when you think back to the pain and the strife you've experienced this year, the, the many arguments, I my hope is that you would find ways to restore humanity to your own self, to your soul, and restore humanity to others. No more othering them. Knowing that most of us are moving through time with the intention of love. Because love is the point. Thank you so much for having me, you guys. This, is, this has been a really big honor for me. Friends, I pray that you are well and I pray that we get to meet again sometime soon. I hope you have a wonderful holiday season and here's to another year. Thank you for joining us. To make a donation, head to eastlakecc.com donate.